This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and co-founder at Full-Time Families, the resource for your full-time RVing needs and so much more. Tonight and every podcast night, I'm blessed to be joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, it's Mary Beth Goff, your road trip teacher, also a full-time traveling mama to four kiddos on the road. I'm the creator over at Road Trip Teacher, which is your educational resource for learning adventures out there and we are so excited to be coming to you tonight for another episode of road school moms kt i'm so glad to hear your voice on the other end of the line likewise mary beth it's always the highlight of my week to talk to you and to discuss all things road school i love it um where in the world are you coming from tonight i am still um here in my quite chilly location in indiana Still taking care of some family business that came up unexpectedly when my parents' house, which I grew up in, was destroyed by a fire. (laughs) And uh, so we are still up here in this area and enjoying the beautiful, blustery winter weather. How about yourself? I am coming to you from um, South Florida, where we have been doing that for a while. Um, and it's chilly today, I'm going to tell you. We spent the day at the beach with the Setzers. They've been in town for a while, and we've enjoyed their company. And then uh, we went to dinner with them. But somewhere in between the beach and dinner, the temperatures have plummeted, not anywhere to the degree that you're talking about. Uh, but, you know, I'm in my sweatpants, and I got my heater on. <laughs> so I can relate a little bit, I think. Not much, huh? <laughs> no, I think it's all relative. It's all and uh, I think no matter who you talk to and where in the world they are, at least in the um, domestic United States, it seems to be chillier than normal no matter where you are. So I think it's all relative. And to be honest, as cold as I am here, I can remember being feeling just as cold in Florida when it wasn't near um, this degree on the temperature. So I totally get what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, speaking of other places that it's cold, I've been watching the um, Full-Time Families Game On Rally in California unfold. That kicked off on Thursday. 40 families. It was only supposed to be 25, Mary Beth. But 40 families um, partying like rally rock stars. And uh, it looks uh, it looks like good weather. I, I read that it was like in the 70s probably um, for most of the time. So it looks like good weather. But I've seen some hats <coughs> on some of the people and um, – just been watching that. Super fun. Also, at Full-Time Families, this weekend, we crested over 1,900 members nationwide. I wish I had one of those buttons for, like, applause. There it is. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, well, let's do that. Oh, that's kind of fun, actually. Don't even, yeah. get, don't even say stuff like that. <laughs> um, so, we hit 1,900 families, and um, what do we do? You know that we are running the 2K giveaway 
when we hit 2,000 families, we will be giving away $500 in uh, Amazon gift cards. I'm super stoked about that. If you want to participate, super easy. One, be an active member of full-time families, and you will be in the drawing automatically with one entry. Two, be an active member and an affiliate of full-time families and, and uh, refer a new member to us, and you will get two additional entries for each new member you refer. But do not, dis, um, do not despair. No purchase is necessary to participate. Go to full-time families and sign up as, as just an affiliate of full-time families, and that's completely free. And you also will get one entry for every referral you send our way. So that's what we're doing at Full-Time Families. What's going on at Road Trip Teacher? Uh, well, you know, Road Trip Teacher was um, had different um, projects <laughs> on our July or on our July. Yeah, right. See, my my brain is already <laughs> thinking about July because I'm trying to get out of January. Uh, we had different projects on our um, agenda for January. We um, were planning on participating in some of the um, activities and um, road school, um, or really not road school, they were more like homeschool um, lessons and things that the Giles Frontier had planned in Florida. Um, but we, um, you know, just like when you travel, when you road school, you have to be flexible to your um, location. So we have regrouped this week and have all kinds of wintry, scientific, um, really what we're trying to do here at Road Trip Teacher this week is be happy with our location. And so um, I don't know if you've seen some of the um, YouTube videos and things like that that have talked about freezing bubbles and how, you know, photographs of freezing bubbles and things like that, but that spurred a, spurred a whole big, um, you know, what well, you and I like to call it rabbit trail. It's kind of what we did. We started out in this in the house talking about, taking pictures of bubbles and somehow we've gotten all these experiments going on with snowflakes and water freezing and I don't know there's all kinds of um, graphs and charts and things going on so I'm not sure what that's all going to entail but at the end of the week we're going to try to put it in the form of some kind of organization and um, we'll have that over at our website retripteacher.com in the learning shop absolutely free um, just to give you an insight about what we're doing if you're in a cold location then you might find some of our ideas helpful. At this time, it's just a big conglomeration of four kids and a crazy mom trying to uh, make it work. <laughs> that and, is the truth. <laughs> and that is the truth. Call it like you see it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Speaking of calling it like you see it, we are now embarking on a myth series, Road School Moms Turns Myth Busters. We will be addressing three common myths in the next in these three shows tonight, uh, following and the one after that. Um, tonight's show is going to deal with the happiness myth, and this is a completely unscripted show, completely conversational, and it comes out of a, um, a talk, a discussion you and I, Mary Beth, had one day about you know we were I don't know we were talking about the struggles we have with our families, kids, and life in general, and so um, do you recall that? Do you recall that talk? Oh, I recall that talk. We've had that we've <laughs> that talk, and we've had a continuation of that talk, and we've had some additional chapters of that talk. Actually, we could probably write, write a whole book on just this one myth um, of happiness, yes. but I do recall that. I do recall that talk. 
Yeah. So tonight we're going to address the happiness myth. Um, next show we're going to address the comparison myth. And uh, the third show is going to focus on the busyness myth. So um, the idea is that these are three myths that actually kind of shape our um, daily lives and um, kind of put pressure on us. And uh, you know the thing about a myth, as as far as these three myths, they are these things are not true, so they should have zero impact on our lives. And yet, you will find a running theme in a lot of families' lives that these myths will show up somewhere in their lives. So, without further ado, let's start addressing the happiness myth. And as we mentioned, this came out of a conversation Mary Beth and I were talking about. And I said to Mary Beth, Mary Beth, what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? And we were speaking specifically of her children. And you told me. Hmm. See, I remember the talk, but I don't remember that. <laughs> so you're going to have to refresh my memory. You told me I just want them to be happy. Oh, I just want them to be happy, right. I thought that was too right. easy. That was too easy. Of a, yeah, I know. Question. That was a trick, <laughs> easy question. That was a trick. We should, you should edit this out. I'm just kidding. Don't edit anything out. Don't edit anything out. <laughs> that is right. I, I yeah. did say that. Yeah, I, I just want them to be happy. And, you know, that is something, a theme I hear over and over and over again. In fact, you know, somewhere, some marketer on uh, Madison Avenue came up with that as uh, the slogan for what parents' should, goals should be for their children, just just whatever makes them happy. I just want them to be happy. You know, whatever they do with their life, I just want them to be happy. And I, I'm sure at times you and I have also benefited from that. I'm sure there has been a time or two that um, our parents have said that about us, sometimes not all the time. <laughs> sometimes they don't want us to be happy. But, um, but you know, that's, it's just common. It's just so common. And that also leads to, you know, buying your kids stuff so they'll be happy. You're taking them on trips to Disney World so that they will be happy and doing whatever it takes to be happy. And when you said that to me, it really triggered something in my mind because um, God doesn't want us to be happy. That's the bottom line. He's, he didn't put us here to be happy. That's not to say that he put us here to be miserable, not at all. But when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, and we talk about this practically every week, Mary Beth, because that um, that Road School Moms Bible study that Heather Paul led was so impactful on the fruit of the Spirit. When you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wait a second. Where's happy? Why do you think happy was left out? Yeah, you know, because happiness is a myth, and happiness is temporary. Um, it, you know, it's really actually just a state of mind. It's not anything that's permanent. Um, and when you and I started talking about this Mythbuster series, I can remember when the first that you know, because um, if you're a loyal listener, then you know how KT and I operate. She's very fluffy, and she has, you know, she sees the grand picture. You do. And I um, like to follow that, but then somewhere along the line, I want, I, want, I want to see some black and white figures. I want to see some stats. I want to see some, you know, I want some meat on the bone of what we're talking about. So what do you think I done when we started talking about happiness? Well, do you want to guess? Uh-huh. I, I did some research. Maybe I did. I Googled it. Coffee work. 
<laughs> Ooh, no, but I think I will right now. I'm going to do the ABCs of happiness. That's coming next. But for the meantime, let me tell That's such a good idea. The copy work for happiness. Ah, put it down. Write um, it down quick. Oh, and how many synonyms can we come up with for happy? That could be vocabulary. That's an awesome idea. But no, really, I do. 567 million results showed up within just a few seconds. There were definitions for happiness. There were tips for happiness. There are guides to happiness. There are guides to finding it. There are secrets to keeping it. If you dig really deep in the results, you'll find happiness guides and happiness index. And honestly, the list goes on and on. I could sit here and tell you we could talk for the whole hour about um, those 567 million results, but that's not what is important. Um, of course, when I did that, I had to skip over and see how many images came up for happiness because, you know, I'm all about visual and I have to see things. So I thought, oh, I want to see what happy looks like. And so when I Googled happiness images, those also were endless. In fact, there were thousands and thousands of shiny images that were supposed to represent happiness. Um, actually, 67 million of them, to be exact. Um, but the thing that struck me, I scrolled through several pages, several hundreds probably of, of images of happiness out there on Google. And the three things that most significantly represented happiness, according to all those images um, that I noticed, were, um, number one, smiley faces. Um, as a matter of fact, that was the number one image when I Googled happiness images over and over, because, you know, I had to do it several times. I, once wasn't enough. Um, a smiley face, some version of a smiley face always came up first. But the other references that I seen, the other two things that struck me were there was always something to do with sun or sunshine or sunrises or sunsets and also rainbows in one form or another. And that was everything from rainbows themselves to visuals of different rainbow colors and multicolors and it was really just all about the differences in the multitude of different colors in the images of itself. And what does all this mean? Well, uh, in my opinion, really probably not a thing <laughs> because, you know, road happiness, road school moms, is really found within yourself. It has nothing to do with a smiley face or a rainbow or a sunset um, because none of those things are actually, when you really think about it, everything we just talked about, smiley faces, sunsets, rainbows. None of those are permanent. None of those are a permanent state of mind, just like happiness is not permanent. It is really kind of superficial. Happiness is a myth. It's kind of, you know, uh, it's just a state of mind that literally changes with the weather. Amen to that. And now let's talk about us as mothers and our goal for our children being happiness. That is not something we can achieve for them. And no matter how many doodads and baubles and tricks you take them on or anything, there is, A, first and foremost, no guarantee that you could even make them happy. Uh, you know, both of us have our fair share of pictures at Disney with some kid crying. Um, <laughs> so there's no guarantee that you're going to hit their happiness target if such a thing exists. And there's, like you said, it changes with the weather. So no matter how much time, energy, and effort you invest into, quote, unquote, making them happy or helping them to be happy or teaching them to achieve happiness, you're, there's, no, um, there's no lifelong benefit of that. And so you and I went a step deeper and back to the fruit of the spirit and said, okay, happiness is not in there. Why not? And what word is close to happiness in there? And it's joy. 
And you may recall from last uh, the last show, our word of the year, Mary Beth's word was also one of the fruit of the spirit, peace. And what she learned was that it was an internal attribute, an internal gift of the spirit from God that you must choose to activate yourself as an individual. And joy is exactly like that. Joy is your gift from God. It is part of the spirit of God that lives within you, and it is up to you to activate it at all times. Now, it's funny because joy is my word this year, and so I've been really dwelling on this, like I say, like to say, mulling it over in my head, joy, joy, joy. And I've been trying to reach out um, inside me, reach out. I like, I like the idea of just reaching out and grabbing it, like joy's right in front of me and I can grab it, but really it's inside me. So reaching in and grabbing it and pulling it out uh, at, at moments when, you know, the dog has just peed on the floor in front of me <laughs> after I just walked her for a half an hour. Let's just pull out some joy right now <laughs> while we pull out some cleaner too. Um, and, uh, just, uh, waking up to joy. Sometimes, you know, waking up with little kids can get ambushed the second you open your eyes. That's never fun. But deciding that have joy in that moment too. And I want to tell you what a change in perspective. What a change in perspective. So that's why happiness is a myth because happiness is external to you and requires external attributes in order for you to quote unquote achieve it where joy is internal to you and is always at your disposal, always at the ready to you. What do you got to say right. about that? So, yep, that's right. That's such a good point. And I love how you um, put that into a visual for me because, um, like, I, like I said in the beginning, happiness, you know, everything that I just talked about, even statistics-wise, is all external. It's superficial. It's just on the surface. It doesn't even really, it doesn't even really matter because it's not something that, you know, you can't, you know, contrary to popular belief, what is one of the number one things about happiness? Oh, money can't, you know, money can't buy happiness. Well, can it or can't, can it or can it? I mean, in this country, in our culture, you know, money's kind of king, cash is king in a lot of um, scenarios. And that's all, an, like you said, all an external force. Um, and I really love what you said about reaching internally for joy. And it's the same thing, you know, you talk about peace. It's the same thing for peace. It's something that's already there. It's already available to you. All you have to do is, you know, choose to accept it or activate it, as you put it. I love that um, that action verb. Um, and joy is kind of the same way. Um, you know, it's there. It's already there. It's just your perspective on how you choose to, um, you know, to to use it, I guess. You know, um, just like this certain situation I'm in, did I expect to be in Indiana in January, no, I most certainly did not. <laughs> um, however, after some reevaluation, a little bit of uh, you know adjusting my own attitude, um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons to find joy in the day. And um, you know, it's been several years. My homeschool journey didn't start until I started traveling. I was, uh, um, if you followed my story here on Road School Moms, you'll know that I. Um, started traveling and homeschooling at the same time. Um, and so most of our winters since we started traveling have been spent in warmer locations. So I've really never had the opportunity to homeschool my kids in a colder weather environment. Snow and ice and, um, you know, even freezing temperatures and that sort of thing. It's not even been something that we had 
at our disposal um, up front and, you know, close and personal. So I realized this week, um, take advantage of it. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of what we're talking about on the, on the, on the joy front is you, you already have it. It's up to you to find it and make it the most, you know, make the most of it in your day. Absolutely. And I want to take it an even step further and talk about finding joy in true trials. We've, we've, we've talked about finding joy in challenges like, okay, this isn't going right right now, so I can either choose to react in a negative, angry way, or I can choose to remember that I have joy within me as a fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to react in joy. But let's talk about what James says in James chapter 1. This is a very, everybody knows this verse if they've read James 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance. So when God tests you, when God holds you to that refining fire, you're even commanded to find joy in that. Because if you think about what will happen after you make it through that fire, which God says, I will never abandon or forsake you, so you know you're going to make it through, uh, what will what will the result of you be after you make it through? More compassion, more empathy for other people going through similar um, things and a, a refined spirit. Testing your faith produces perseverance. And so, um, you know, again, joy, it's forever present. There's no, there's no reason not to consider something joyful from good, the bad, and everything in between. That's really true. And if you really stop and think about it, um, you know, you can think about any kind of a trial that you've had in your own life recently, whether it be a major trial or even just an insignificant trial. Maybe you've been had, you know, some sort of a sickness or some sort of a tragedy. It's a big trial. Or maybe you just had a small trial, like, you know, something didn't go right or, uh, you know, the curriculum you started using at the beginning of the year didn't work out right or whatever. Maybe something that's easily rectified. No matter what that trial is, um, you know, finding the happiness, finding happiness in a trial, that's pretty black and white like you're either happy or you're not you know, you're happy you're sad but when you talk about joy there, there's so many layers to joy right and it's not until you really dig da- da- down deep and like you said you know find you know be joyful in the situation you know and that really takes a lot of grace in my opinion um and so as you're developing your you know, your, see, what do I want to say? Mm. Your senses. As you develop your senses in finding joy and, um, you know, receiving that, you know, in every experience, you're going to sharpen your senses. You know, the more you are obedient to that idea, the easier it's going to come to you. You know, tomorrow will be easier than today. Two weeks from now will be much easier than today. A month from now will be much easier than today. And it really all goes back to what we've said so many times on this show, and that is lead by example. Because if you, Mama, find joy and are joyful in every situation, and you perceive that for your family, those little ducklings behind you, no matter what their ages are, and that includes any big ducklings that are in your household, i.e. your partner, your spouse, (laughs) you know, they will all follow suit. I mean, it really is about... Um, leading by example. 
Absolutely, absolutely. When you um, when they see you um, tackle a trial with grace, and they see you proclaim joy in the midst of the trial, not only is uh, are you giving your faith um, perseverance and hope, you're giving them perseverance and hope and lifelong skills. So if you really want to get to the nuts and bolts of it, if you really want to say in one sentence what it is you want for your children, then I suggest you start switching your verbiage from happiness to joy. (laughs) And this might be nitpicky. You might say, Kimberly, Mary Beth, joy and happiness is the same thing. But I really think when you delve into it um, and really think about it, when you say you're choosing joy, you're indicating, first of all, um, because joy is the fruit of the Spirit, you're indicating that God is a part of your life and that you're hoping that your children will remain walking with God throughout their lives because that's where this joy comes from, from the spirit. Um, And when you say happiness, you're cutting God out of the equation. And is that really what you want for your children? Yeah, I love that. You're really visual tonight. I love it. You know, because I can just, I kind of see that. <laughs> I do. I see it. As you're talking, I, I see it. And honestly, um, the more that we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, the more that I realize um, that being joyous and finding joyful, you know, thoughts or joyful, um, you know, an experience out of whatever you're going through, whether it be good or bad, um, really is just part of the strength of your relationship with the Lord. Because, you know, in, in the beginning of something like that, you're, you know, you kind of question what what's what, you know, is, is it black or is it white? Well, you know, there's really just kind of a lot of shades of gray where it comes to this is concerned. And it really is all about pers- perspective. You know, you and I have had several shows on perspective over the last couple of years. Um, and this show can be tagged with perspective as well because, you know, finding joy and being joyful is really about perspective. Absolutely, and it's also about our other favorite word of all time, drum roll please, and no, it's not morning time, (laughs) just another one of our favorite words. Um, It's uh, expectations. Expectations can really rob you of your joy um, because they, they distract you from what's going on. So, Mary Beth, you told the listeners that you did not expect to be in Indiana and you expected to be in um, Florida and you expected to be warm right now and you expected not to have your parents' house burned down and you expected, you know, to be swimming with your kiddos and enjoying the sunshine and that's not happening for you. Um, And so much value is placed on expectations. It is the killer. It is like the antidote to joy. It is like joy's kryptonite. And you and I like to just say low expectations, but really um, just get rid of your expectations. Live in the moment. Live in the present. Um, When you see those expectations creeping back into your head, do do an actual exercise to make you stop yourself because you know, no matter what, you're not going to meet the expectations in your head. Um, so, like, just don't do it. This, I'm doing a Bible study with Chris, and it talks about expectations. And I can't tell you how convicted I felt after I read it, because of all the Mother's Days 
that ended in tears, in tears, because no matter what he did on Mother's Day, it could never match up to the expectations that I had for how I should be celebrated, right? (laughs) 365 days, I work tirelessly and for my family, selflessly. Lord knows that if you don't erect a statue in my honor on that day, then everything (laughs) else is, you know, not good enough. And even that, then the statue's going to be the wrong size. My waist is going to be too big. My butt's going to be too big in the statue. It's going to be bronze instead of silver. It's going to be put in the wrong place. You know what I'm talking about, Mary Beth. This just goes on and on and on and on. And so we had to come to terms. And I like, love talking about expectations in Mother's Day because it was, it was really, I spent most of my Mother's Days crying, which was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I just had to release those expectations. I just had to give them up. And I just had to live in the knowledge that my family loved me no matter what day it was. <laughs> yeah, that, um I remember us having that conversation before. And, um, you know, expectations are, I just had a conversation with a very new homeschool mom a couple of weeks ago that I've been helping to get on her feet in her homeschool journey. And I have preached this so many times, and a couple times I've even threatened to call you, even though you don't know her and you don't even know what I'm talking about. But I've said, do I, you know, I I can get some backup here if you don't if you don't believe just me. You are expecting too much out of a your kid and b yourself, um, and not necessarily in that order. And you know, expectations, road school moms, are a deal breaker because, um, and I, I told I, I say this a lot. I'm not telling you. And we aren't telling you here at Road School Moms not to set the bar high because we don't think you can achieve it. That has nothing to do with it. We're telling you not to set the bar so high because you're robbing yourself of all the things that could happen between where you are now and where you think you need to be. And you're you're robbing yourself of all those experiences between, you know, point A to point B um, because expectations are superficial in themselves <laughs> and it's it, you know you it's something that the more you pursue it the more it's going to elude you that's just the nature of it oh i love that that is so true the more you pursue it the more it's going to elude you that's awesome well, you know okay i have to tell you this i have to tell you this before you go on the, re- the that I had to stop myself from saying that whole quote because let me tell you how ironic this whole conversation we're having about happiness. When I went to my childhood room um, three days ago, I was looking for anything that I could take that was intact, that didn't, you know, that wasn't destroyed. And there was a postcard on my mirror and it said, happiness is like a butterfly. The more you pursue it, the more you will, it will elude you. But if you sit softly, or if you sit quietly, it will softly land on your shoulder. And when I seen that, I I mean, I was like, that was so, it was just so iconic to me because of all the things in my room that had made it through this, you know, this tragedy was this silly postcard that was talking about happiness. And I, you know, honestly, I wanted to rip it off the wall (laughs) because I was like, that is not happiness at all, you know? And I was thinking about our Mythbuster series and just how ironic it was that, a few days before that, and just with all the details of what happened, you know, again, it was a God thing. Simple. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am um, I, in, in complete agreement with you on that. And that is really ironic and bizarre that that was one of the things mm-hmm. that would have been um, left behind in the fire. So, um, so now that we've decided that we're not going to um, pursue happiness, um, but we are going to activate joy in our lives, what are some tips you have for doing just that? Do you have any tips? You know, my tips are before anything, you know, when you open your eyes, you know, in the daytime, and again, I, we've harped on expectations, but honestly, that is the one thing that I have come to the conclusion, you know, this year specifically is that, you know, because you and I have done a pretty good job of stamping out our expectations. We've, we've, we've come off of that the last couple of years. But, you know, it really is a daily reminder to myself um, to, find, to find the joy in the day that's presented to you. You don't really have to go out and find it. Let it come to you. You know, and that's not to say that you don't have to have plans and you don't have to have, you know, a direction for your life. But it just doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you don't have to, don't get up in the mornings with a, with a checklist and a clipboard and thinking that you have to check off everything, you know, as you go. You know, have a plan, stick to it. But, you know, if you get um, off detoured a little bit, just enjoy the scenery because that's what your kiddos are going to remember. They're not going to remember that you drove all the way to, um, you know, the museum and it was closed, they're going to remember that you decided to take out the peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you had packed anyway and that you, you know, sat by the lake and skipped rocks or, you know, whatever it, it was that you done to make the best of the situation. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I love that. They're going to um, look for you to have a reaction because of down the road, figuratively and literally, in our lives, they're going to be mimicking that reaction. So when you exhibit, like, the frustration that you probably, that would be your, like, go-to emotion, and you or you don't exhibit the frustration and you replace it with a joyful attitude, then you're making strides for all of you. Um, you one of my favorite, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. We'll talk about it in a minute. Go ahead. Um, one of my favorite tips for joy is... Um, uh, gratitude it goes hand in hand with joy. So if I am on the brink of um, losing my joy, feeling despondent, feeling despair, uh, I just grab a pen and paper and make myself write 20 things that I that I you know I'm grateful for, and boom, before I know it, the joy has returned because I look at those 20 things and how, in the face of these 20 things, can I sit here you know and mope? That's not to say that you don't need some time, you know, to grieve certain situations. Yes, absolutely, you need time for that. But if you are looking for ways to employ and activate more joy in your life, then this is one way to do it. Oh, I love that. We need to have a gratitude printable that we can whip out and put on our refrigerators. I love that. Amen. You know, you and I you should have it start with like A, B, C, and then they can fill out like something A that they're gratitude for. Yeah, oh, the A, B, C is a gratitude. I like it. Um, <laughs> you know, you you and I talked about. There's a story that's been surfacing around the internet about um, uh, a mama that had her daughter um, was in the kitchen and was using the instant pot. And you know how much you and I love the instant pot. 
great, great, um, one of my go-to um, appliances in my kitchen, in my RV kitchen. Um, but she uh, had a daughter that had an accident with an Instant Pot. Uh, I'm not really sure all the details of it, but that's really not what matters. What matters to me is that of the whole story, I read um, that she talked about before her daughter went into the kitchen to do whatever it was she wanted her to do, her daughter wanted to finish her schoolwork, or they were arguing about schoolwork, or there was something to do with schoolwork. I don't know the exact story. I can't remember it. But the point of it is that before she went into the kitchen to finish this project, before she had this accident, her mom recalled being really angry. She was frustrated. She was out of time. She, you know you know the story. You had a million things going on. You got to get dinner, trying to get up to finish up the schoolwork, this and that. And she had a really angry face. And she remembers being, you know, feeling ugly about how she had, you know, conversed with her daughter before this accident happened. Her her daughter was burned very badly. And um, what resonated with me out of that whole story um, was she made the comment that what if my daughter had died and the last thing she remembered was my angry face? And that has really resonated with me since I read that story. And so I have really watched how I have been interacting with my kids. And I know that we forget sometimes and we all, you know, we all know that time is short and, you know, life is short. And, you know, there's so many cliches that we can say about that. But I really think in the day-to-day thing, one of my biggest tips would be for you to really watch, um, you know, watch how you talk to your kids. Watch how you interact with them. um, And just be cognizant of, the frustrations or, you know, a a bad, you know, experience or something that happens to you doesn't have to necessarily affect, you know, them in the next step, Um, especially when it doesn't have anything to do with them. Because you're not only robbing them of, you know, the relationship with you and, and them at that moment, you're really robbing yourself because you're carrying with you that ugliness and that heaviness and that burden. You're carrying that burden until the next step. And so if I could give you probably my best tip, it would be that. And, you know, if you can't get to that next step without, um, you know, without a heavy heart, then pray about it because there's only one person that's going to help you with that, and that is, you know, between you and God. Amen. I love that. And that's uh, such a good, good reminder, good reminder. It brought to mind so many different things that I wanted to share, but one thing I want to share is um, we've employed two new things in our family to kind of um, bring a little extra joy into our lives. We've employed two um, activities, and one activity is we put the kids to sleep at night. Chris and I put all the all four kids to sleep, and I have from 14 to 7. And how that actually works logistically is Chris rests with DJ, I rest with Tonya, um, and then... Chris and I go up into the bedroom and we spend some time with the big boys before they go to bed. And it it is something that all four kids look forward to. And it is something that um, is hard to maintain. Seems easy enough, but some days I'm just tired. I don't feel like hanging out with anybody. I just want to get in my own bed. I don't want to deal with this. Um, It's getting later and later. And uh, there are so many reasons why every, pretty much every night I could say, I don't feel like doing it tonight. But making myself do it, um, it just allows us to have that time together that we really do enjoy. And then the second thing is um, we started taking each of the children out on a date once a week 
one of the four children goes out with us. So it's Tuesday or Wednesday night, date night. And um, this week was Blaze's week, and we took him to Dunkin' Donuts. And it's not anything big or fancy, and it's not anything expensive. It's just the opportunity for us, for Chris and I, to spend one-on-one time deliberately with a kid. And I want to tell you that every week that is crazy inconvenient. With the limited amount, we're going to talk about the busyness myth um, coming up in uh, two weeks, but with the limited amount of activities that we already do, uh, it's it's like we have to make sure we do this. We have to squeeze this time out because uh, these these things that we call life are really just distractions. And if you don't put real intentional life into your life, um, you'll just live distracted for the rest of your life and you'll, you know, lose your joy. It is really um, easy to become distracted. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you say all that because I we haven't put, you know, any kind of a formal plan in place at our house. But I can tell you that, um, and I think I told this story on the air a couple of months ago, um, but Tori had asked my youngest. She just turned nine. And um, it wasn't, it was somewhere around, it was after Halloween. And she asked me what the next holiday was. And I said, you know, oh, it's Thanksgiving, it's next month. And, of course, irritatedly, I assumed that she was looking for presents, okay? And uh, she wasn't because she, it really slapped me back in the face. I said, well, it's Thanksgiving, Tori, and nobody gets presents on Thanksgiving. And she said, oh, I know, Mommy. I was just wondering when Valentine's Day was. And I said, well, Valentine's Day is not for, you know, until February. Why? Because last Valentine's Day, remember, you gave me that certificate for um, just me and you to have a, a mommy time, and you took me to Build-A-Bear, and we went and ate lunch together, and then we went to the park, and you went on the slide with me. Now, I'll just say that I, first of all, felt like I was about a half a centimeter tall because I tried to, you know, when she first asked me about it, I, I almost blew the whole conversation with her right there. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it went on. there's so much that I got out of that conversation. A, you know, slow down, be intentional, let them talk. You can't, you know, that, that comes with me not being out, you know, sometimes road school moms, I say this all the time. I, I can't get out of my own way half the time. Um, B, you know, I naturally assumed that she was, you know, wanting to talk about presence or whatever. That was the farthest thing from the truth. And then even when she talked about the, the certificate that we had and, the, you know, when she said something about Build-A-Bear, that wasn't even what was important to her. The key thing I took out of that her favorite thing of that whole entire day her and I spent together was the fact that I went down the slide with her. And mm. so since then, yeah, since that conversation, I've tried to make a really good effort to take time with all four of my kiddos and do something, you know, that they felt was important. And you know what's ironic to me? There's been a couple of times when, you know, my kids just want to read with me or, you know, my oldest, he's in high school, he's a sophomore. But you know what? When we're doing schoolwork, I see it with him. He, you know, does he necessarily need help? He's, you know, he's a sophomore in high school. He really doesn't need mama's help. But what he does like is he likes the attention. You know, he likes for me to sit down with him. He likes for me to tell him, you know, he likes to tell me what his opinion is of something that he's read or, you know, compare my thoughts with his. And that's the greatest gift, in my opinion, um, of having my kiddos and, and, and of our homeschool experiences, especially, um, you know, those of us that are fortunate enough to be homeschooling multiple kiddos and to be able to take that time with them and see what kind of, you know, garden we're really growing in their mind. 
Absolutely, which is why I can't wait till we can address the happiness myth because it's so important, so, so important to be, uh, no, not the happiness myth, the busyness myth because it's so important to be unbusy. And so I can't wait for that show. <clears throat> but um, those are my thoughts on joy. I hope that you will um, really mull this over. Don't take our word for it. If you want more joy in your life, uh, just mull over what we said. There's also dozens and dozens of verses on joy that you can uh, meditate on uh, <clears throat> in the Bible, and we encourage you to do that. In fact, again, going back to Heather Paul's Spirit of the Fruit, uh, Fruit of the Spirit, um, if you want a copy of that, just email me, and I will be happy to send you a copy of that because there's obviously a whole week of that dedicated to joy. And I loved specifically um, her uh, when she talked about her joyometer. That's how you would <laughs> say it, Mary Beth. I usually say stuff like ometer, but she's Mary Beth says ometer, so I'm I'm learning her <laughs> joyometer. Um, and uh, so you have a big decision to make, right? We've all been there. We've all been through this. And you weigh the pros and cons of the two choices you have, try to narrow it down to two choices. And then you need to bring out your joyometer and see which of those two op- options provides more joy. Uh, and there's also a peaceometer, too. So which of those two <laughs> options provides peace? Um, but uh, I love that. I love that visual. I, I, like, sit there when I'm thinking about it. I pretend I have, like, a thermometer in my hand <laughs> that exactly indicates right. my <laughs> level of joy. I'm doing it right now as I'm talking. Um, uh, uh, but it's just such a great reminder on um, great ways to make decisions, especially when you are trying to align yourself with God's will. Because, again, joy is a fruit of spirit. And so when you have joy, that means you're aligned with God's will for your life. And so it's an indication that you're on the right path. Do you have any last tips on joy? That's very true. No, not really. All I can um, I can say that, you know, from this discussion, you know, it's reiterated to me, um, and like you pointed out, joy and gratitude and peace, those, are, those all go hand in hand. That's definitely something that I want to um, keep in my household. I would definitely something that I want to grow in my homeschool. And um, that's what this Mythbusters series is all about, Road School Moms, is um, busting the myth. And we're going to help you unsabotage your homeschool and your household by busting the myth of happiness, comparison, and busyness. So stay tuned for those next two shows. If you're listening to us over at iTunes, um, check the iTunes um chart here and I know you can download all three of those um, and if you are have listened to those gosh I'm stuttering all over myself uh, don't forget to give us a review Kimberly and I love four and five stars but what we really crave is your honest opinion and um, so go ahead and shoot that review to iTunes and then send me an email over at info at roadtripteacher.com and I'll be glad to send you the free digital product of your choice from my learning shop um, and uh That'll help us push the statistics that we need to keep road school moms to. All these the road school moms out there that might be a little bit lonely need to find some encouragement. That'll help them find us over um, at iTunes. Absolutely. And don't forget, hey, if you want us to pray for you to activate joy, if you want us to pray for you 
to um, be reminded of uh, living a spirit-led life. If you want us to pray for you because you need, um, you're going through a trial right now and you're not feeling, you're not counting it joy, no worries. <laughs> we have the team for you. It's super easy to tap into. All you need to do is send an email to RSM, Road School Moms initials, RSM prayers, plural, at gmail.com. And it can be any prayer request you ha- you need, you you have in your life. Um, we'd be delighted to receive it. And our wonderful prayer warriors would, uh, you know, intercede on your behalf. So please take us up on that offer. Super easy, free, um, and our pleasure. That's right. There's nothing like our prayer team. So Road School Moms, join us next Sunday night for um, Myth Busting Continued. We'll be talking all about comparison. Um, and the following week, as KT alluded to, will be about the myth of busyness. And um, until then, we hope you find joy. Same time, same place, next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Until then, safe travels and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your road school moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.